How you doing, everybody? Uh, today, Coach and I recorded episode 15. Uh, we got cut off uh, just after an hour, about an hour and 15 minutes. So we'll actually call this episode 15, part one. And we will uh, continue uh, where we left off and finish off our discussion next week. Uh, we'll call that uh, episode 15, part two. Uh, so uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, like, share, review, positives, please, I hope, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. Nothing, just same, same old, same old, going to work and then coming home and trying to get in my workout, and there's really not much to do. I can't go train, can't do nothing. Yeah. You've been working out? Yeah, yeah. This This week I did it three times. Not like you though, but but yeah, just hit the bags. Yeah. Nah, just, yeah, I, I had uh, I already missed two days this week. Just work, been real busy at work, so I had to getting off late and going in early. Uh huh. So I, I missed. I missed. Uh, I missed what? Yes, not not yesterday. I missed Monday, Tuesday, and today. So, I'm like, man. So, no, it's just uh, last last week when we were uh, sitting there talking, we we're talking about the smokers. Right. It, it kind of just reminded me of a uh, of the amateur circuit when I was training fighters at the amateurs and in the gym uh, and all that. How that was going on. That was a. Uh, that was just brought back a lot. It was an experience. It was like way back in, I think around 94, 95. Mm-hmm. About 94, 95, me and, and uh, my best friend were talking, and, and uh, he was already kind of training fighters uh, at another gym here in town. And uh, we were talking, and my father in law overheard us, and my father in law had a couple warehouses over there off of uh Cheyenne and Losey. Mm-hmm. You know? And then so we all just started talking. He goes, Well we can use the back of one of my my warehouses. And uh I really he goes, Yeah, yeah, we can use one of the back of the warehouses. You guys can train fighters there, you know, and and, and we were going into it uh not with the intentions of, of making any money, you know, we just just want to do it because it's something we enjoy doing and being around boxing or whatever. Right. So we, uh, we started to set it up and, uh, man, we had no idea how much, how much of a headache it was going to be setting this up. I mean, not the actual gym itself. Well, first of all, we had no freaking money to begin with anyway. So everything was just kind of like, you know, we, uh, kind of nickel and diming everything as much as we can, you know, the bag racks and, and, and every, our, our first ring was basically some really thin uh, padding and uh, carpet taped down to the ground. And then we were able to drill in the post, but our, our uh, ring ropes were like a garden hose, you know, (laughs) our ring rope or garden hose. And it was just, and uh, it was like I said, it was way out there off of uh, Cheyenne and Losey. 
And so it was me, my best friend, my father-in-law, my two brother-in-laws. And uh, so we started to set that gym up. Uh, and we, we got it up and got it going. And then the next thing was uh, getting people to train, you know. And, and at first we thought, well, we're over in North Las Vegas. You know, things like boxing is pretty pretty popular in, you know around your hispanic and black communities and uh and there's there wasn't too much over in north las vegas but i mean way back then when we started it there was i think the only gyms in town were you had the uh, i think there was one in henderson uh there was a boxing gym way out in henderson like way like Boulder Highway and Lake Mead or something like that, way the heck out there. Then you had uh, uh, Golden Gloves over by Cashman Field. And then there was Barry's Boxing. And at the time, Barry's Boxing was off of like Spring Mountain and Decatur, I believe it was. And I think it was only those three in town. And then when we, but when we started to open up, uh, Nevada Partners was opening up. Nevada Partners was was state funded. They were doing this whole thing to uh, kind of try to rejuvenate the the West Side. You know, the old West Side they called it. And uh, so they were pumping a lot. They had this huge building, and they were gonna you know, give to those low-income area, uh, low-income areas, give some job training and job skills and stuff like that. And then they, they had one whole area, a boxing gym for the youth. And this gym was freaking nice, man. Everything was just brand. Richard still, they had Richard still, you know who Richard still is, right? He's a referee. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's the one that, he's the one that cut all the flack for stopping, uh, the Melder Taylor Julio Cesar Chavez fight with like three or four seconds left. He was the one that was in charge of running that gym. And I mean, that gym was just, just immaculate. They had two full size elevated rings. Like I said, all brand new bags and equipment and gloves. And it was just, you know, we were only about, we were opening up right at the same time. We were only about, God, we were probably less than 10 minutes away because we were off of uh, Cheyenne and Losey and they were off of Lake Mead and Losey, just a, f- a few blocks uh, west of Losey on Lake Mead. So they were only about 10 minutes away from us. So all those kids we thought we were going to be able to get, uh, you know, why would they come to us when they can go to Nevada Partners and it's all just like a, you know, it's just pristine it was just gorgeous so after we got the gym going it was a struggle to try try to get kids there so we would basically any kids we knew that were interested in it uh most of the kids we picked up and took them to the gym i mean we would have kids from all the way out here in durango high school we'd pick them up from here drive them all the way over there we had kids from the neighborhood there off of uh Decatur and Vegas, you know, that only we'd load them up in a van and we'd take them to go train. We were just trying to get kids in there to train. And uh, 
and uh, me and my my buddy, you know, we were the one. Me and my best friend Matt, we were the ones doing, uh, doing most of the training, and uh, that's basically all we focused on was training. We didn't, we still didn't know much about how to get get the kids fights and and how to go about all that. You know, my my buddy had a general idea of how the passbook works. How to, you know, you had to get registered with with uh, USA Boxing, and so we 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 kind of knew all that. So we started to get kids registered that way and then we just figured we'd get them uh, fights here in town you know whenever they had fights here in town but like I said there was only about three gyms in town so there wasn't very many fights my brother-in-law my brother-in-law Jose who runs the gym now he's been running it for years now he he was real good at just like researching things and getting information and, and, and things like that. So he started to uh, uh, talk to other gyms like in Arizona, California and things like that. And he's all like, hey, you know, uh, if we want, we can go to to this gym over here in, in Southern California or we can go to this gym over here in Arizona. They want us to go down. They'll pre-match us some fights and, and we go down and fight. And yeah, at first me and my buddy were like, you know, we were kind of like, we didn't know what to think about it. And then, but we, so we ended up taking a couple fighters here and there to Arizona and uh, Southern California to fight. And I'll tell you what, man, the, the level of competition, the level of competition in like the Phoenix area and uh, uh, Southern California area was just so much more advanced than it was here. But because like in SoCal, all those cities, it's just right next to each other. There's so many gyms. Those kids are fighting all the time. Those kids are just, you know, even their gyms, there's so many, so many kids in those gyms, just their sparring alone is so much more advanced than ours was way back then, you know, and, and it was, we were, so that was, it was crazy, man. We were, it, I, I was like, wow, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. You know, so then, so like I said, we just were on a mission to try to just get kids, get kids, get kids. And then, so, we, you know, we, we would have, we'd have a few kids in there, you know, to keep it going, uh, to make it worth our while, but it wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot. And, uh, you know, uh, my one of the things we got lucky on was there was Arnold Schwarzenegger was put in charge of what they called it uh, nationwide trying to get kids physically fit and get kids active or whatever. So then here in town, they started what they called the inner city games. And it was basically like an, an Olympics and they tried to get all the kids, school age kids uh, registered through school and they could do like basketball baseball football just all kinds of different sports and they wanted to do boxing and and basically what they did is they asked gyms to take these kids in who signed up for boxing and try to teach them some boxing you know and then they would they would hold an event where you know like let's say they sent 10 kids to our gym and then 10 kids to richard Steele's gym and then 10 kids to whatever whatever gym signed up and and then we would train them for a few weeks and then they would hold a competition and we put them up against each other. And then, uh, 
so we didn't me and my buddy matt didn't want to do that we're like no we don't you know if they're not we just for some reason we just weren't into it my brother-in-law was like no no we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and then so we ended up taking these kids and and me and my buddy matt were kind of half-hearted about it at first and then some of the kids that came in were pretty damn good i mean we had one kid joao this skinny skinny hispanic kid he just man he was just you look at him you're like man he's too skinny you know what's he gonna do but his left hook would come out of nowhere man he just had this wicked left hook and when you're training when we're fighting we're training you couldn't tell how much power that left hook had it just didn't seem like it had that, that much power you know so and then all of a sudden when he gets in a fight and it, you know he'd kind of keep his, his left hand out a little bit and that left hook would just come out of nowhere all of a sudden you'd see kids just drop and you're like what the it was just lightning fast left hook man so then we, you know they're all like okay this kid we need to we need to really focus on this kid you know joao and then uh so that was one kid we got out of it and we got another kid uh two other kids uh we got a whole group of kids out of that actually good good group of kids but a couple of standouts were Joao uh, Junior. Uh, junior was standing out. Uh, Junior's a short little Hispanic kid, and he, uh, this little kid, by the time we were done with him, he could stand right in front of you, and his head movement was so good, he could stand right in front of you. You you throw punches, you're missing him, and every time you miss, he's he's landing a punch on you. This kid just ended up. He was just. This little kid was just. Oh, it was so much fun to watch that kid fight. And then we had another kid named Cameron. Uh, Cameron was uh, a young uh, black black uh, kid. He uh, This kid was like, he was 12, 13 years old, but he took off his shirt and he was just ripped, just yoked, man. I was like, damn. And he hit so hard. When he would fight, he'd literally make kids cry. I, it was just crazy how hard this kid hit. Uh, the problem with him is he wanted to be like his older brother. His old, his older brother was, you know, into gangbanging and all that stuff. And so he, he looked up to his older brother. So he wanted to go do the things his older brother was. But what, what kind of helped us was his older brother didn't want him doing that stuff. So his older brother used to tell him, no, that's not going to be you. You're going to, you know, you're going to go over here with these guys over here at the gym and you're going to listen to them. So the, the older brother would always make sure that he was in the gym working out and doing what he needs to do. And the only problem was, is the brother was always in and out of jail. So every time the brother would be in jail, where's Cameron? You know what I mean? Where's Cameron? And, uh, and so that was kind of hit or, you know, it was fun while he was in and he you know he was he was a good kid he was good to train listened well he was very respectful to us and everything and and uh he was doing really well but then the, i guess the brother got locked up for a while and then we just couldn't find cameron he was just he was gone we're like damn it damn it like oh my god and and that was that that's one of the biggest problems i had with with uh training kids there in the amateurs is is that 
is when you when you lose them to the streets. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. just it, that that was the hardest part for me is you see all these kids and and uh, they they really weren't bad kids. They really weren't bad kids. It's just they couldn't get away from all the other kids they hang around with, and then they'd always get in the you know they'd get in the trouble with the other kids they hang around with. But you know they weren't all that way, but a lot of them was, and it, and it just kind of hurt when you saw when you saw that you know. And then you had a lot of those kids. Uh, you had a lot of those kids that when they, you know, their parents just don't care what they're doing or where they're at. You know, we would take some kids out of town and we're like, Hey, you know, we got to talk to your parents. Oh, you know, they signed the paperwork. Everything's good. Everything's good. And you're like, well, your parents don't even know who we are. You know, and they'd make up all these excuses. No, they're good with it. You know, they're good with it. And then when we, we'd finally meet up with their parents and their parents were just kind of looking at us like, whatever. You know, they could care less. Or and I, used to, that used to drive me nuts. I'm like, you don't even know who I am, and you're gonna go ahead and let your 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 kid go with me out of the state, and you're not gonna ask any questions or anything. You know what I mean? That just kind of that kind of used to freak me out too. I was like, man, and, and but yeah, we, no, we had. I mean, we used to go to Arizona. We used to take these kids to SoCal all the time. We we used to travel all over the place, you know. And the way we ever the way we were able to do that to take them all everywhere was, uh, we got to one point where my father in law was selling his his uh, warehouse. So we ended up getting into a place off of. Uh, Lake Mead and it's the Belmont Scrover by the Bighorn Casino or something like that. It's off of Lake Mead Boulevard there in North Las Vegas. It's right. And uh so we ended up I, I believe it's it's some type of martial arts school now, but anyways, we took over that building and uh you know, a little uh office building there and we made it into the gym and uh you know, my, my brother-in-law was like, hey, you know, it's kind of hard. It's This rent's real expensive. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to keep going. You know, my brother-in-law was real good about getting sponsors and, and talking to people and getting sponsors. But, you you know, you can only get so many sponsors and the money only lasts so long. And one of my best friends, uh, dad was a, a school district police officer. So my buddy Ted was talking to his dad, letting him know what we were doing, what's going on. And he goes, you know, my boss is is a part of the Nevada Athletic Commission, and he's really big into boxing. And uh, his name is Jack Lazarado. And uh, uh, at the time, I had no idea who he was. But now, you know, after that, I see him in the ring for all the big fights. He, he's one of those guys that's looking over, making sure, everything, you know, everything's going right in the corner and all that signing the gloves checking all the the wraps and the and the gloves or whatnot but anyway so he he ended up uh my buddy's dad ended up getting us uh a meeting with jack lazarado so me and my buddy matt uh went down and uh we walked into his office and and coach Jose, he had pictures of him and these fighters together. He had like him and Julio Cesar Chavez, Oscar De La Hoya, yeah, um, what's his name, uh, Chiquita Gonzalez. You know, I'll just you name it, man. He had all you know, 
Sugary Leonard. He just had pictures with him and all these fighters. His his whole office was just was just decorated with boxing pictures and and stuff like that. This dude was big time boxing fan. So he started to ask us, you know, he was like, "Hey, you know what's going on?" So we we told him, you know, we opened up a gym. Uh, My father-in-law let us use his building uh, for a while, uh, but unfortunately, he's he's got to sell it. And uh, so we're we're in uh, another building now, but just the rent's real expensive, and we don't know, you know, how long we can keep it going. And we don't charge the kids. anything to train there we don't charge them anything the only thing they got to pay is their their annual dues to stay uh registered with usa boxing which is at the time i think was like 30 bucks a year or something like that and uh, so you know we're just as long as they stay out of school and out of trouble they can come uh train for free and uh about that he loved it he was like you know what he goes come back tomorrow and uh so we said, all right. So we went back the next day. He handed us this folder. He goes, everything you need's in here. He goes, just go down to United Way. And he told me what United Way building was. He goes, go down to United Way. Uh, tell him I sent you and hand him this this folder. So we said, cool. You know, so we, yeah, we did that. The next day we did that. And uh, next thing we know, the United Way was paying our rent for the building right so they were paying our rent for the building they were uh help uh, with equipment funding for equipment and uh they got us a trainer with computers uh for the kids to do their homework so the kids would come to the gym uh, spend the first, you know, half hour, an hour, whatever time they needed to do their homework. And they had access to computers to do whatever research they needed. And then they could come train. So that really helped us out for a few years. That helped us out for a while. You know, so with, with that, and uh, the state actually gave us, whenever we take the kids out of town, uh, the kids would get, I think it was like $15 a day to eat you know what i mean and then uh they kind of helped out with with rooms or whatnot so i mean that really helped out jack jack lorado and and, uh united way really helped us out there you know and it was because because we were doing it there for the kids you know we weren't charging them anything it didn't so they, they were all about trying to keep the kids off the street or whatnot so that that really helped us out for a while and uh, then, you know, so we if we went to, then we ended up going to a bigger building just up the street. Uh, so we're still there on Lake Mead, but just up the street a couple blocks. And, and uh, I think it's a carneseria now. It's a Mexican meat market now. But uh, so we opened up a bigger gym and uh, we we're getting a lot more kids, man. And we were, we were really active. We were going out of town quite a going out of town at least once if not twice a month uh to fight and we were having a lot of kids with a lot of success and uh, me and my buddy my buddy matt actually had uh, a 15 year old and a 12 year old who were both ranked uh we ended up 
having to take him to the uh, Silver Gloves champion. Uh, in Kansas City, I think it was. And uh, both of them placed second, so they both ended up getting ranked second in a nation. And we come back. We come back from that tournament, and uh, I go to the gym, and there's someone else training them. We're like, what the fuck? What's going on here? And you can tell the kids were just kind of like stuck in the middle, like they didn't, they didn't know what to say, what to do. And unfortunately, there were some adults that kind of got them to go in another direction. And then that's when I kind of just said, you know what, I'm done with this. Because even <laughs> like like that that kid Cameron, you know that that one kid I was telling you that hit hard. I mean, I hate to say this, but there used there used to be a lot of trainers. A lot of the, the black trainers would tell them, "Hey, you need to stick with your own. You need to come over here and stick with your own." And and uh, and you know, his brother would tell him, "No, no, 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 no. You you're staying with with Tiki on Matt. You know, these are the guys that pick you up from school, and these are the guys that put in the time with you. Now these guys want you." He goes, "No, no, no. You're staying over there." And you know, a lot of the fighters, whenever you get a kid that's having success. Oh man, you get people from all over coming. Hey, hey, why don't you come work with me? Why don't you come work with me? So you, you, it it was just, it was really cutthroat, man. It's like that's crazy. But when we came back from from Kansas City, and and, and those two kids were taken away, uh, Junior and Alex, were were kind of stolen from us. That I was, I had enough. I was like, you know what, I'm done with this, man. I'm out of here. You know, and. Uh, so I, I just, I kind of, I stopped going. I stopped going. And, and at the time, I think my oldest son, he's 26 now. At the time, I think he was only about five, about five years old, five or six or whatever. So I yeah. stood, I stood away from it uh, for years. And then when he, uh, he played baseball year round. Ba- baseball is our, our sport, our family sport. We're all into baseball. All my my boys play baseball year round. But when he, well, every time I was at the gym, my my kids were always there training. But I never got them fights. But but they they had, they all knew how to throw punches and and how to move a little bit, whatever. But uh, I never got them fights. Because uh, it's gonna sound kind of weird, uh, <laughs> because. I love boxing so much and I like training. I like, tra- but I, and I think you said something to this. I think you said one of your trainers about how dangerous it is. I do believe that being in the ring for a long period of time over your life has, has an effect on you in the long run. I think it makes you a little bit, uh, for lack of better vocabulary, kind of punch drunk. Uh, by the end of your career, you know, by the time you get older, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I believe it does. I know a lot of people that have fought their whole lives, and and when I, you know, hear their their when they talk, it slowed down, they slur more, whatever. I just, I just didn't, I didn't want that for my kids. So I want them, I wanted my kids to to know how to defend themselves if they had to, you know, use their hands or whatever. But I never wanted them to fight. But all of a sudden, when, like I said, my oldest, 
he when I stopped going, he was about five or six. Um, when he was about thirteen, he just kind of came out of nowhere and he said, "Hey, Dad, I want to, uh, I want to fight." I said, "What?" He goes, "I want to fight." And my brother-in-law, like I said, he held on to the gym, and he he kept training and uh, he kept the gym going and and. You know, he put it, he's put in a lot of work into that gym because after United Way stopped helping us, you know, it's not easy to keep keep a gym going. That, that rent's expensive. Rent is real expensive. And, you only, and he doesn't charge the kids anything, so he's out there just hustling his ass to get sponsors and, and people to help keep the gym going, you know. And, and, you know, thank God we have, like, people like Jesse Vargas who helps out and, and just a whole other people, unsung heroes that, that step in and help out these kids to keep the gym going. But so I said, all right, you know, your uncle Joe still has a gym going centering boxing. So we can, uh, we can go start training and, uh, holy shit, man. He ended up being a natural man. He just, he, uh, he just, you know, he's always real soft spoken. When he got angry, he would have his temper tantrum. Like when he blew up, he blew up, you know what I mean? But when he got in that room, he just, man, he, he, he would fight. He would, he would, that's the whole key is how did, how did the kids react when they get punched in the face? You know what I mean? And, and, and his thing, and he could, he could box. I mean, he could, he's got, you know, he's got a couple fights where he is the fighter, fighter of the, uh, fighter night just because of this head movement. And he's just slipping punches, slipping punches and counter punches, counter punches. But when he, there's a couple of times like when we went to California, I remember we went to Victorville and uh, I was worried about this fight, you know, because when we, when we go out of town, we pretty much had to dominate. When, when we went out of town, we, you have to dominate because they're going to give it, the judges somehow always give it to the fighters from, from that area, you know, if it's a close fight. And he got, in, yeah, and he got into a brawl with the kid from, I mean, it was a fight. These two, it after the first round there was no boxing. These kids were just slugging it out, man. They were just slugging it out, and I was like, "Fuck, we're not gonna get the decision. We're not gonna get the decision." And uh, no, my my son got the win. He got the win. I was like, "Wow," you know. But I loved it because it showed me that hey, you know, when things weren't going his way, he couldn't be that pretty slick boxer. He could nut up and and uh, and bang, you know. But thank God he didn't have to do that too much. So we were riding his way for a while, and then, but he was still playing baseball at the same time. And then one day we we uh, were uh, getting ready for one of his games, and he and I are starting to warm up and starting to loosen him up, and we're tossing the ball around. And he says, "Dad, my shoulder hurts. It hurts when I throw the ball." I said, "What?" He goes, "It really hurts when I throw the ball." So I said, "All right." You know, I said, is it, is it discomfort or is it pain? And he goes, it's pain. It hurts. So, you know, we told the coach and, and uh, we didn't plan that that day and we made an appointment for the doctor. And uh, sure enough, man, he had a torn labrum. He had a torn labrum, so he couldn't do anything uh, for a whole year, a little over a year, he couldn't do anything, couldn't play, couldn't work out, couldn't do nothing. And uh, it kind of sucked because he was, 
in high school, he played football and baseball and boxed. And, you know, his whole life, he always played football and baseball his whole life. And so for that one year, he couldn't do anything. And I think he got too used to just hanging out. <laughs> and uh, so when he was able to start up again the following year, he, he started to go uh, practice football. And he went for about a month. And then he came home and he, he said, uh, uh, no, it was baseball. He went to go practice baseball. And then he came home and he goes, yeah, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I don't want to play baseball anymore. He goes, I, I play baseball every day, just about every day of my whole life. I've practiced or played baseball since I was five years old. He goes, it's not fun anymore. I don't want to play baseball. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. You know how much time I spent on that baseball field? And uh, so I thought it was just baseball. And then, nope, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to play baseball. He didn't want to play football. He didn't want to box. Nothing, and I was like, "Man, that, that killed me." So we, uh, that was the end, pretty much the end of bo uh, boxing for me. I just I stopped training kids after that. After when he was done, I I was done. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the the gym the gym's still there. The gym's still there, and and uh, like I said, my brother in law works his ass off to keep that gym going, and I know it's stress. You know, it's not easy, and I know it stresses him out. And, but uh, but yeah, God bless him. He he's he puts in the work, and it, it's still going. You know, uh, like I said, it, it's kind of it's it's a lot different from the it's a lot different from the ju uh, jujitsu uh academy it it's it's just a whole different atmosphere you know the, those kids at those kids at the jiu-jitsu academy uh you know their parents are there with them there all the time and you know they're the parents are the ones that that drive them to practice and every day and, and take them home and, and uh the boxing gym these kids majority of these kids uh you know, they walk there on their own, you know, every day they're getting there on their own. And, and, and it's, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a cutthroat, I should say. It's more cutthroat. It really is because in the boxing gym, you know, we, when we go to jujitsu, we all learn the same technique. We all drill the same drills you know, and at the very end, then we then we start rolling, but we switch partners every, you know, every five to what six minutes or so, something like that. In the boxing gym, you know, everyone's fighting for attention from a train. You know, there's just so many kids in there, uh, and there's only so many trainers, and it's a different work. You know, you don't teach technique, boxing technique, like you teach it in in a in a jujitsu academy or a karate academy, it's, it's, you don't teach it that way. It's different. It's a lot more, it's a lot more one-on-one. -on -one, so it's a lot more cutthroat. So these kids have more of a, to me, I could be wrong, but to me, the way I, I read it and the, the feeling I get from what I see, uh, the, the kids just are a lot more cutthroat, a lot more um, aggressive. They're a lot more aggressive, you know? And, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of, 
kind of weird. It's it's a different environment, a whole lot different environment. I I think to me that boxing that boxing gym's a lot more uh a lot more of a jungle, I should say. Uh because it, it's just it's it's a everyone's after each other, you know what I mean? Everyone's got something to prove. Everyone says, "Hey, I want the coach to to work with me. I want the coach to work for, with me." You know, where at the academy it's like that. The, the academy the uh, coach works with everybody. Right. So it's so it's it's a lot different, but it's fun. I miss it. I miss it, but you know, I would only you know, if I train anyone, it's just gonna be I'm just gonna focus on on I'm not gonna go there to work with a whole bunch of kids. It, it's gonna be, you know, one of my nephews saying, you know, Uncle Tiki, can you train me? And that's all my attention is going to be is just on my nephew or my son or whatever it may be. But to go in there like I used to where I'd work with all the kids, I just, it's just too much work, too much heartache. I just don't got it. I, I don't got that patience anymore. I, I just, it's different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how my my uh, my thing here with the amateur boxing. Uh, you know, when we first got started, uh, when we first got started, because like I said, there was only three or four gyms in town. The two major gyms in town were uh, they tried hard, hard to keep us from succeeding. They they would do everything they can to, to try to keep us from getting uh, coaches registered, from trying to keep the kids from getting registered. You know, they would do it, but they would make it a pain in the ass for us. You know what I mean? They would make it hard for us not to put on fights. And and like I said, my brother-in-law realized that that was a way to get uh, money. You know, fundraising was to hold fights. You know, so and then anytime he would try to sanction a fight or get a fight these two big gyms because they were the head officials for the local boxing commission here in town. They would do anything they could to make it hard for us to succeed. Anything they could try to get us on, you know, plus they, they would do it. It, it was just, it was a major, major headache. Man. And I, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the closest gym to us was Nevada partners and Richard Steele. And they worked with us. We we were always communicating, working together. They should be the only ones that don't want us around. The other gym was in Henderson. The other one was by Cashman Field. And the other one was way over here on this side of town here in Spring Valley. So why are they worried about us way out there on Cheyenne and Losey? What kids are we going to take from them? And Cheyenne and Losey, you know what I mean? But they just, they got so used to those two uh, you know, it was Barry Boxing and and uh, and uh, Golden Gloves, Nevada Golden Gloves, uh, at the time. They uh, they didn't want us around, man. They made it really hard for us, really, really hard for us. And I I just you know I I couldn't see it. I I was like, guys, come on, man, we're not we're not taking any fighters from you. We're way out there in, in North Las Vegas. You know, there's there these kids all kids from all over town need need an outlet you know there's plenty of kids but that, that, yeah that working with them them was a pain in the ass but yeah i mean as a matter of fact i think my brother-in-law just got 
I think he just won the election. I think he's the uh, president now for uh, the Nevada. Um, uh, the USA Boxing Nevada chapter. So, so he he's uh, he's working hard. That's a, I, I told him that's going to be a headache. You don't you don't know it's going to be a headache, man. You got to deal with everyone's problem. Once you get to a position like that, you're dealing with everybody's problems. That's just crazy. But, yeah. yeah. So that you know, like, like I said, when we were talking about when I when we were talking about smokers last week, it just it just kind of reminded me of the gym. I was like, man. But yeah, we had some good fighters, some good young kids. We had some really good young kids. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of them to. Uh, to the wrong element and at the same time uh a lot of them now are are uh i still run into a lot of them it takes me a minute they come up to me they still come up to me and call me coach and and it takes me a minute and but with their kids and they're doing well and they got good jobs and they got their homes or whatever and so I, I love seeing that 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 makes me proud that makes me feel good for the time i spent with them mm-hmm. but, yeah no box boxing is fun i i i I miss boxing. If it wasn't such a headache, I like I said, I I always hope I I still hope one of my nephews, little nephews, tells me they want to box. So I can train them. I had one of my nephews said he wanted to a couple months ago. Remember when when Jesse was training for uh, the uh, Garcia fight? One of my nephews yeah. was saying he wanted to uh, to train, and so I was like, Yeah, I was all gung ho. We shit, we were over there almost every day for two weeks, and then yeah, and then he quit on me. I said, damn it. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. And that's another thing about boxing. You know, like jujitsu, a lot of these guys only train three days a week. You know, but they got their schedule. They, you know, they do their Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays or their Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Where in, in boxing, you know, I, I tell them, you want to fight, we're, we're training every day. We're training five to six days a week. There's, there's no every other day. It's every day we are training, and that's that's the other thing about uh, the boxing gym. It's different from what I understand in the in the uh, in jujitsu. You know, like I said, I'm yeah. sure those those that go into uh, those that are going into mixed martial arts or, or whatever. You know, I'm sure they're training. I'm sure they're training every day. I would like to think they're training every day, but but yeah, but from just from my average you know just from what i see when i go to the I, you know and i i talk to people like yeah i know i only train on mondays wednesdays or fridays or whatever i don't, I don't know in boxing you know, in boxing you train every day every day <laughs> and it's a lot more cardio and that's the and i think that kind of drives me nuts too uh when i go to jujitsu it really drives me nuts when i see let's be honest there's a lot of people out of shape in uh jujitsu I, you know, I mean, I, I, I know friends that train and, and uh, different schools or whatever. And, and I talk to people and I say, well, what do you do to work out? And I go to jujitsu. Yeah. That's what, you, that's all you do. Yeah. I just, I go to jujitsu. So you don't do any, any cardio or nothing. No, jujitsu is my cardio. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, and it just so, I just don't see it that way. That's just, to me, that's just not, you know, you see me, I don't, I don't even compete and you see how much I work out. Right, right. You know, I don't even compete. 
And and to me, it's it just any type of combat sport, man, you should be working on cardio at the same time. You know, my thing is, is, you know, you're, you're going to lie to yourself and you're going to tell yourself, you know, don't get me wrong. Technique is everything. Uh, tech, yeah. You know, I can be in shape. I can be in shape all I want, but if I don't know any, any technique, well, I'm shit out of luck if someone gets me to move, but you go out there in the street and you get some, everyone, everyone's, it seems like so many more people now are training something, you know, it seems like so many more people now are learning how to, how to box or, or do Muay Thai or jujitsu, especially jujitsu, jujitsu is so popular right now, or just, just by watching, they learn shit. You know what I mean? Just by watching, they learn how to do an arm bar, rear naked choke. So guess what, man? Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, you get out there in the street and you got someone who knows a little bit something, guess what, man? You need to give yourself every advantage you can. So, hey, learn your technique and be in shape. You know, and I like to look at it this way. I, this is the way I don't want to disrespect my my coaches. I don't I don't want to disrespect your your Muay Thai or or Coach Walter's jujitsu by not being in shape enough to use it if I actually have to. I don't ever plan on using it. I never want to use it. I hope I never have to. But if I do, if I'm not in shape enough to to throw a punch, a kick, or 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 use a jujitsu technique, what good is it? You know what I mean? And to me, that's disrespecting you guys. If I'm not, if I don't put myself in the best shape to use use your guys's technique that you're sharing with me, you don't have to share this with me at all. You know what I mean? This is this is you are passing it on to me. Right. And, and the way I look at it is is the way I can show you respect is one by listening and really working hard on that technique, and two is is, is by keeping my body in, in a position where it can use your technique properly that you've taught me, you know, that, that's, that's the way you know, I look at it that way as well. A lot of repetition. What's that? It said uh, a lots of repetitions. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's just it. It's got to be over and over and over, you know, you, it's just, you can't, you can't go do something well, what was it they say? Don't fear the man that trains a thousand kicks or a thousand, yeah, strikes. Train, uh, fear the guy that trains one strike a thousand times. Yeah, Bruce Lee said that. Yeah, did it? Is that who said that? Is that who said it? it was some? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I I butchered it somehow, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it makes sense, you know. What I mean, you got to you got to work out. You got to train. You got to. But you know, like I said, I, I I think I have that because. And that's you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna upset a lot of people here. Out of the out of the disciplines I've I've worked, you know, I I've done wrestling, boxing, uh, karate. Uh, Ken, uh, Ed Parker's American Kempo Karate, uh, Jiu Jitsu, and then I train with you a little bit on on your Muay Thai. Out of all of them, out of all of them, the the three hardest, the hardest one for me as far as conditioning was wrestling wrestling by far the hardest one for me conditioning uh number two was uh, muay thai Mm -hmm. and and i think it's because you're using both your hands and your feet uh so when you get tired with one you still got to use the other one you know what i mean It, it just gets you more tired number three was boxing as far as conditioning uh, 
Kempo Karate was number four. And for me, the easiest one for conditioning was jiu-jitsu or is jiu-jitsu. It, it's just, I don't know. It's because and it's because it's it's taught almost defensively. You know what I mean? When you get into trouble, you can – in jiu-jitsu, as long as you're not getting choked or, or getting a, a submission, you can kind of ride it out a little bit. You know what I mean? You can, okay, I, I got uh, – I'm in a position of control, and I can sit here and kind of breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, I got the side control. Okay, let me let me sit here and breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? Or in boxing, you know, someone's on you. And uh, or that pressure is just still coming at you. That pressure is still coming at you. Same thing with, with Muay Thai. That pressure is coming on you, coming on you. You mentally you get exhausted. Mentally you get exhausted because you're you're thinking, man, I'm tired. Stop coming forward. Stop coming forward. You know, so you get that that mental ex- ex- exhaustion. Um, so that you know that was my that's how that goes for me as far as uh, conditioning for me personally. Um, right. For me, the hardest one uh, to compete in, the easiest one was Kempo, because that was just a a, a game of tag. Kempo was just a game of tag when I, you know, what I mean the the tournaments is just uh, the hardest one for me to. I've never competed in a competition for Muay Thai. You know, just I just trained that in the gym, but. Uh, the ones I've kept in competition were Kempo, wrestling, and boxing. For me, the hardest one was boxing. Boxing was the hardest thing to do because it, when you get in there in the ring with someone, like I said, in Kempo uh, or in Jiu-Jitsu, you can tap. You can Somebody's tap. calling. <laughs> uh, Hello? You can, you... Thank you. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Somebody was calling. I I, I ended it, but <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you know, jujitsu. Like I said, if someone gets you in a really bad move, you you can tap. You know what I mean? It's done. It's over with. Um, but in, in boxing, man, you get someone who's better than you. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna, and if they don't want to end it, they can pepper you. And they can they can give you a beat down. They can give you a real beat down if they really wanted to, you know, and just that mental pressure, that mental pressure, you can't, you know, you can't say, Hey, let's take a break. Hey, you know what I mean? Hey, I, I, I'm tired. Let's, I don't hit you. You don't hit me. Or, you know, the nah. in boxing, man, when you, you get someone's better than you and he's putting it on you, it's going to, so to me, mentally, uh, mentally and physically boxing was the hardest. Boxing is just harder than, and then, than Kempo or jujitsu by far. By far, and 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 I I tell her if if I wasn't so, you know, if I wasn't as old as I am, I would go back into wrestling. I would go back into wrestling, but wrestling's just wrestling's just too hard on my body. Wrestling's too hard on my body, so I just I can't do that. It's too explosive, too explosive, too much up and down, up and down. You know, it's like it's kind of like I like jujitsu. It's a lot like wrestling, without all the takedowns. You know, what I mean, we hey, we, we even start from our knees. You know what I mean? We even start from our knees, so it's a lot easier physically on me. It's a lot easier physically on me, so it still makes me feel like I do when I'm wrestling, but not not as hard on my body. 
definitely not as hard in my life. I'm not dis. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not disrespecting jujitsu. Jujitsu is definitely effective. Definitely effective, or you wouldn't have so many people in mixed martial arts wanting to learn it. You know what I mean? It's definitely. I'm just. I'm just talking about physically. Physically, uh, for me. For me, physically to perform. For me, physically to perform. It, it's just. It's not as hard as wrestling or boxing. And then boxing, and then in boxing, like your coach said, you know, you take all those strikes of the head. I don't want to take those strikes of the head. Hell no. But I don't know. Kind of rambled on there for almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we wanted we wanted to talk about that too. Yeah, just kind of like I said, the, the training the training's different. Yeah, I think I think wrestling and boxing are the hardest competing because they're so restricted to only certain weapons that that's all you got and you have to make the best out of it. And you always, you know, like unlike Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, Jiu Jitsu you can do whatever. You can sit back, relax. You can get be on top. You can you can submit from any point. You can do almost any chokes, any locks. And then, like in Muay Thai, you can, if you get tired with your hands, you use your legs. If you get tired with your legs, you use your your knees, you use your elbows, you get into a clinch, or you, you somebody's outboxing you or kicking you, you just start sweeping them, catching the legs, you start taking them down, you know? So it's like it gives you more breathing time. Uh, so you, you don't have to be as, 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 as like, uh, top in shape cardio, whatever, like you are with boxing. When I, if I'm talking about the striking, you know, no, see. you have to have one one hand to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, and if you can can uh, stop or or block a guy with your hands, you're done. And in Muay Thai, like I said, you you can get into a clinch and nobody says nothing. You can shove or push or pull and nobody tells you nothing, you know. And then in boxing, you can't do that, so you have to be in like super top shape to to be crisp on your punches, your movement, your head movement, your Footwork and then on the grappling. So, like I said, jujitsu. Like I said, you can sit down, kick back right there. And from there, be on the butterfly guard, on the um, the other guard, whatever guard, spider guard, and then keep keep a little, uh, keep breathing, relax, and yeah. And wrestling. What can you do? You just gotta either let him take you down or don't let him take you down. And that's all double leg takedowns. Uh, whatever. All I'm not too familiar to too much. Like I never really, really done wrestling other than what I've right there at, uh, with Walter and you and maybe right there at Venom but you know but I, I can see like I've I've done I've done uh, a few classes more than a few classes in, in at Venom and just, oh my god like just using going up and down up and down that's that kills me right there so like I said it's more demanding I think in my point of view is because of the of the restriction of or how many weapons you have and how many moves you have, so you have to do the same movements over and over. Not, not the same, but you know it comes from the same uh, muscles, uh, muscle groups when you do it. So if you don't have them like oh train, trained to do that, you get super tired. And, and again, in, in jujitsu, you can do you use so many different, different uh, positions and stuff like that. And and in muay thai, the same. It's like you you can just be in certain position you can switch uh, you can you can either pedal back and then still you know like relax block and then if somebody gets too close to you you can just 
clinching, like I mentioned, right? So that's why I think it's a little. I'm not saying it's less, cause fuck, you know, I think Muay Thai is the shit, and striking is the best there is. But, but, uh, but you can get away more by being not a shape, or, or uh, you know, as, that's why you see more people, younger people in boxing than you see in Muay Thai. In Muay Thai, you can see somebody way older and still be a champion and, and defeating younger because of, of, of all the weapons you have. So it's not too much about how your body, like, you, have, you don't have to be super fast or super powerful. You know? Oh, hell, shit. Muay Thai, gasses, Muay Thai gasses me out big time, man. Well, because you're not used to it, <laughs> but when you've done both, like, I've, I've done boxing and, and Muay Thai, and boxing uh, gasses me out like crazy. There's no way, not even when I was when I was fighting that I could, I could have done a, a boxing, a boxing, uh, match, like compared to, to how relaxed you can be in a, in a, in a three round boxing match. I mean, Muay Thai and, and, and boxing, hell no, it's just all like raining punches, ta, 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 nonstop. And Muay Thai, you go, but you know, I mean, like I said, you got so many different things you can do. So you can sometimes take a little breather. Yeah. You know what? I, I mean, that I do agree with. It. There's other options, so it kind of can help you out. Whereas, okay, I'm not real effective with my hands, or this guy's better with his hands, so I'm going to try to use my feet a little bit more. Or like you said, I can try to to uh, clinch them and then even go for a takedown. You know, you can sweep in Muay Thai. You can sweep or in boxing. You can you, push. You, yeah, you can do that. But it's still, still, man uh, – God, man, using your feet in your hands—if if that gets me—that you well, you see me when I'm working on my kicks, man. I get gassed. I can't even lift my legs up. <laughs> but but you're right. You can't clinch. You can't clinch and go for a takedown. You know, what I mean, a sweep or whatever. But yeah, what Muay Thai's uh, that's I. You know, I I I think it's just any striking, anywhere you use a lot of strikes, just gasses you. It's a whole different. A whole different animal. They're all, you know, what they're all different. They all work your cardio different ways. You know, I think wrestling and jujitsu yeah. are probably more. You know, your I think your muscles are more tense. It's more from a. Oh, when I do jujitsu, I get so tired, so tired. But it's from pulling in, from grabbing. Yeah. So it's yeah. different muscles that I use. Like that's what, like if I, I like if I went to just roll and then just try to <laughs> stay uh, keep up with the guys, I can't because especially with gi. Hell no, like my fingers start getting super tired, super sore, super, uh, my, my wrist, my, my biceps, just trying to keep them in when you're used to in just striking, like pushing out with your, with your triceps instead of the biceps. So man, that's why I have so much respect to, to the MMA fighters, man, because they do, they have to work double and everything. Oh, they do it all. You know what I mean? They, yeah, they, they have to they, work they double. <laughs> they do all the striking, the wrestling, the oh, jiu-jitsu. Oh they do everything. It's just that's a lot of work, man. It's, those are our elite. Those are elite athletes. I know. I mean, that's why. That's why I, I was watching the other day. Somebody was posting. You know, there's running, running. I don't know if I'm saying it right on Facebook and on YouTube about the striking and supposedly he incorporates a lot of different things but still it's like that old style karate make it look like steven seagal real good and that dude is in pretty good shape but when it comes down and somebody was right there you know a lot of people that their followers i was looking at their comments and they were saying like oh yeah like you know we're gonna come and train we do whatever oh you're so great you so that and then one guy just said 
well, if he's so good, how come he hasn't proven uh, in, a, in, a, in the MMA world? And then everybody started telling him, about, well, well, the MMA just makes it look like, you know, everything is black and white, that if you can't make it in the MMA, uh, like, that is not good. But this is this is a very good, effective style, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, like, really? Like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if if, if you can't prove it, it that's that, that that's that MMA. Like, no matter what, like, people want him to look good. People want him to look like, again, Steven Seagal, Jackie Chan, and even a little bit like Bruce Lee made it look right, but but if you know if you know more about Bruce Lee, the real Bruce Lee behind his movies, he was a he was a, mixing it all up, and he knew that, and he would often say that the, that to be effective doesn't have to look good, and actually most of the combat that, that is effective doesn't look uh, nice. He said the other one is just like it's just like putting up an act or a show, getting right. cocky and shit like that. So so it is. It's like you know MMA fighters, and I know I probably going to a different subject that you started but man like people still don't give him uh, respect and shit like they say oh they, they don't do they, they, you know I don't like that uh, that it sucks man I want to see anybody trying to do it you know and just trying to uh, just trying to do it and stay 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 with it you know what I mean not just going and saying like oh I, I know how to box I know how to move I know how to do this and then getting it and every time they go with only one style trying to prove it in, in the MMA they, they fail they fail no matter who they are no, no matter how those, great they are, huh? Yeah, it, it it's I think it's super hard for those MMA fighters because they have, like you said, they have to know a little bit of everything because they never know if their opponent's going to be a wrestler, a a, a striker, you know, a, a jujitsu guy, or they don't know any. So they have to know a little bit about everything, you know. <laughs> so you can't focus, like I said. For me, when I have my kids wanting to train boxing, okay, you're going to be boxing five, six days. We're going to train boxing five, six days a week. Well, MMA guys, they don't have that. They're, they're they not lucky enough to do that because guess what? They're like, okay, I can train boxing, but I got to work on my wrestling as well. Or I got to work on my Muay Thai as well. Or I got to work on my Jiu-Jitsu yeah. as well. Why? Because I don't know my next opponent. I don't know what his specialty is going to be. So I need to be prepared to... To, you know, to work some defense or, or exploit his weaknesses, you know, or her and weaknesses, again, it's, whatever it's, it's, it's mixing up the styles. Like, again, you can, you can get lucky and knock somebody out with one punch, but if you don't, you know what I mean, and you don't have no grappling skills, like, you're done, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, the, the, and vice versa, too. If the guy is just a grappler, he can't take a shot, a punch, or damage, like a boxer do, or Muay Thai do, or maybe some karate guys do, too, and he just starts grappling you, but but he's not in good shape and he can't submit you right away or or not just saying he's a jiu-jitsu, maybe just a wrestler and he can't keep you for too long on the ground and he starts punching you a little bit and starts getting, you get caught and people tend to quit. Some people tend to quit as soon as they feel some blood. So, you know, and, and they, they, you know, I mean, of course, the, ment- the mental part is, is also the most important, but but again, talking to, you know, about the, the what I was saying about that, Running run, is R U N N I N. I think running. How do you say that? You yeah. ever seen it? No, it's, no. It's like a, I don't know. Like and it's all over Facebook. Like the dude does a lot of tactical things about with weapons, and that's cool. But I mean, I don't see the difference of the karate that they were doing before. He just updated a little bit more and uses like a re-naked choking to finish right. it. But that's about it. And then he disarms somebody. The same way that I've seen Steven Seagal is in, in, or like any have uh, uh, Kido or, or any of the Krav Maga 
or or two things that they do that that they got from like the old karate styles like if you go back to the 60s how they used to do that they just like they they and they still go back to the same the same like like this guy he's a pretty big uh, asian guy i don't know what he is but he uh and he's pretty good in shape and like somebody throws a punch at him and he just makes it look like deflects it and all that and he says oh you gotta do this you gotta do that and then he sweeps them after that you know like you got that in karate you got that in muay thai you got that in, in jiu-jitsu uh you know uh and but the way he does it is like i wouldn't let him do that i wouldn't throw a punch like that like you know but people believe that that that's how you're gonna you know somehow people wants to cut corners they don't want to train hard and and, and like get every punch they think that you're gonna be like in a movies and you just like gently style and you're just gonna be doing all those all those movements and you're gonna deflect punches and shit like that like like people and there's a, a big 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 um group of people that that really want that to believe and then they're like on the side you know what i mean they don't they don't come out to say it because they know they're gonna be ridiculed by right. somebody like have done everything like you, you, for example, you'd be like, nah, that punch, I'll punch him harder than that. Let's see if he really, fuck. and in a real fight, not like, okay, you're going to throw a punch. I'm going to, I'm going to parry it here and then I'm put here and then I'm going to sweep you. What the, that was good. Like even 20 years ago, people didn't know, you know, but then that's what the Gracies and the UFC started happening and be like, do that to me. And they were the least effective people, you know, to, to do that. And, and, and then again, the people People would, you know, sadly for me, you, um, well, I'm including you, but for me that, that spent so many years in one art, even though Muay Thai is like very, it's got a lot of different weapons staying up. But sadly is that the, somebody that, that is an MMA fighter has done it for like two years, uh, maybe three years, and I've done Muay Thai for 20, right, almost. And, and somebody can just come in and, 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 and probably to, totally uh, mess me up because because I don't uh, if if I'm not active training I mean in in MMA right so right. so like no matter how good you are in one art you could be 30 40 years a master but if you only know that art and this other guy has been doing it for two three years and he's done almost you know a little bit of this a little bit of that he'll beat you up he'll take you down to the ground or do something most likely is gonna is gonna is gonna beat you because he's he, you know even though it's not as crisp technique and stuff like that, like it becomes the more you do one art, but you know, <laughs> and tell me how come we got to that from where we're doing. I don't know. Well, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny though. When you were talking about, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your movements, you know, when someone throws a punch, your movement's going to be here. You'll parry here. You'll parry there. It, it's, it's funny because I, I remember uh, one of my uh, training sessions for Campo, uh, it was kind of a group uh, lesson we were doing that night and the coach uh, asked me to throw a, a right hand. So I said, okay, when I went to throw the right hand and he was going to show us the, that self that particular self-defense technique, I went to throw it and I threw it like a boxer throws it. So it's keeping my, you know, I'm right-handed. Yeah. So I got my left foot forward, my right foot back. And I, and I, I throw the punch and I'm pivoting my hips, but I'm keeping my right foot back. And and he uh, he goes, that's not how you throw right hand. I said, what, <laughs> what, what do you mean? He goes, yeah. Well, when you throw the right hand, you're stepping through with it. You know, your 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 back foot's coming through. And I said, no, nah, that's not how I throw a punch. That's not how I said. That's not how anybody I know throws a punch. He goes, well, you know, for the technique, you, you're gonna you're gonna throw it there and. And so I did it because I didn't want to, definitely did not want to disrespect my uh, 
my instructor there in front of him. But then after class here, and he was real cool. He, we were, I was able to talk to him. There were two brothers, uh, the Hildebrands. They were prison guards out at uh, Indian Springs. But uh, they were real, real approachable, real easy to talk to. So I was telling him, you know, I said, hey, that, you know, that's not, that's not going to happen in the street. I just don't see that happening. And I said, because that's not how anyone I know throws a punch. And then, uh, so, you know, we kind of opened up from that. And it was kind of neat because that, that one particular evening actually got them to, to bring me in to work with them. They were getting into uh, kickboxing, uh, the, the old PKA, remember the old PKA? Um, there was a guy who worked at the uh, prison with them who was, I think his last name, I can't remember his first name, I think his last name was Hannigan. Anyways, he was uh, one of the the old PKA. So he, he was going to start fighting or getting ready to fight. So uh, they were all training together and they were getting another one of uh, the upper belts ready for a kickboxing match. So they had me go in there and train with them uh, just so that they could, they, to spar with them just so because of my boxing background so it was so it was kind of neat getting that extra work with them you know what i mean and, and uh i i really liked it so uh that's the one thing out of you know for kempo i, I i'm gonna tell you it, it was a waste of the four years i was training with it uh the only thing i took from it and still use is uh their kicks a lot of their kicks right um it's just I, I like I like their kicks. I like a lot of their kicks, you know. Um, you see it because you tell me all the time too. It's like, hey, you know, you gotta use your shin more, or because you, you see how I use my instep or my my uh, not my instep, my uh, uh, the bottom of my foot. I don't know what it's called, the bottom of your foot, right below your toes or whatever. Yeah, that's the instep, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, but that's just the style, though. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's what Muay Thai like it just kicks with the shin, but. You know, I I know there's a lot of people that does kick with their foot, like Taekwondo. They always do. And, and you know, uh, just like the cool thing about them was, uh, and like I said, they were real cool. They were the first ones because they were the first ones that tell me, "Hey, if you ever get an instructor in any art that tells you that our art is the end all be all, uh, you need," they said, "you need to leave because." There is no such thing as the perfect discipline or perfect art. You need to learn as much as you can about every different art as you can. If anything, just so that you know what your opponent might be thinking or trying to do. But there is no such thing as the end all be all. And that's what makes, to me, that's what makes the MMA uh, so good. Because basically what it comes down to is who's going to make the other one fight their fight? You know what I mean? It's it's who's gonna, which one of you, are you gonna be able to make me fight your fight, or am I gonna make you fight my fight? You know what I mean? But in order to do that, like you said, you have to know a little bit about as much as you can. You know, a little bit about stand up, a little bit about ground, a little bit about about everything. It's, you know, it's just not. Hey, you know, he throws a right hand. I'm gonna parry. My hand will slide up his arm, karate chop him in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> they they do that they do I mean they but it's so funny that that even after like twenty years more than twenty years that that UFC is 
MMA, I'm not just going to say UFC is just a brand, right? But the it makes martial arts is their combat. Like, people still with that, like, like somehow they want a miracle to somebody comes in and, and starts proving everybody that with, with their, with their, with their old out of style is going to work. Like, traditional. I've dated like a thousand years when they're used to fight that way because because but you know what i mean and and that's when they used to probably used to have one spear in one hand and the other one you know what i mean so it was totally different but 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 like now it's like just people like you know it's good if you because you're traditional and you want to keep that but just like karate taekwondo and kung fu they still keep that way they keep their hands down like they can never 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 go with the boxer it's just like when they used to say like wing chong against a boxer like they even did that movie about like that man that 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 is totally especially just hands i'm sure because you wing chong that you can use you can use uh i know elbows but you can use like certain kicks to the most of the kicks they go is to the bottom of the below that waist right it, i might be wrong but that's what i heard but i mean and, and it's not due respect it's just like just seeing how how when it was created and how poor it was how poor it does it's like, and there's guys, you know, that they, they get mad or they put stuff on, but they never, they're never proving it against anybody out there. Like they want to, they want their art to really be solid and credible and, and for real, it's not just being hope, hopeful behind it and praying that it does work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that uh, just cause they, they glorify it on the freaking movies. But I mean, cause of course, cause boxing doesn't look too good. Muay Thai, they trying to do it, but they, it looks so ugly. Every time I see that dude, um, the first or two movies that he came out with, uh, whatever his name is from from Thailand, it was good. Now I see it and I'm like, man, you just like, you just, that's not Muay Thai. That's not even the old style Muay Thai. Like it looks so freaking ugly. Like, like twenty, thirty elbows to the top of the head, and guy, not even one blood is dripping, or the guy's still standing up. Come on, you know, uh, knee to the chest, like flying knees, and the dude's still getting up and all that. <laughs> Come on. 